0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years of living on the road through research and experimentation so that if you are like me and you spend most of your time away from home, hopefully you can not only survive but thrive even when you are out of your element. And today I wanted to do part two of my quitting smoking series. The uh, the first episode that I did last week was about... Uh, the effects of smoking on your health, um, all the negative things that happen when you smoke. And uh, this is something that I'm trying to do is stop smoking in my life. Um, and so it was a good reminder of all of the reasons to do so. And on this episode, I wanted to talk about how do we actually quit and what happens when we do? What are the health benefits? How quickly do we regain everything that we've lost? Uh, and what can we regain? Um, we discussed in the first episode how with the damage that is done <clears throat> to the alveoli in our lungs is permanent. Um, so, whatever damage you've done to those little air sacs um, at the periphery of your of your uh, respiratory system, never actually repair. Um, so, for there, the damage is done. But most of the other things, uh, most of the other causes of damage that we do, uh, are reversible. So, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app and you like you hear, please share it with your friends. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, youtubecom slash podcast so that you can see what I've got up on the screen as I go along. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, please visit us at patreon.com slash the road podcast where you can support the show and help me continue to make episodes for you. Uh, hopefully you find this episode valuable today. So the first tab that I brought up uh, is a uh, YouTube video. I'm not going to play the video, um, but Nasia Davos uh, has created a method for quitting smoking called cognitive behavioral quitting. And it's a really good video. I recommend you watch it. It's it's about 18 minutes long. Um, She did a TED talk on it as well. And essentially this combines cognitive behavioral therapy with the concept of quitting smoking. Um, And in it, she mentions a couple of really cool um, facts that I think are worth keeping in mind when we talk about quitting smoking. Um, Essentially, when we're smoking, we're um, giving our brain nicotine Um, and filling up those nicotine receptors in our brain. And over time, the number of receptors um, that will recognize nicotine uh, and uptake it um, multiply significantly, exponentially. And so smokers have billions of more nicotine receptors in their brain. And every time we fill that receptor, it releases a little bit of dopamine. Uh, And we also talked about the concept of dopamine being uh, the molecule of pursuit uh, making you think that you're doing something good for yourself in your future when it is released um, and smoking circumvents that process um, many drugs do alcohol does um, and when we do anything that gives us dopamine for free without doing something that is actually good for our future we kind of um, we circumvent the pr- the natural process of helping us improve um, and it makes us harder and harder Makes it harder and harder for us to stop doing those things because we're getting dopamine every time we do them. So we're fooling our brain into thinking this is a good thing for us even though logically it is not. So when we create these billions of new nicotine receptors what we're doing is telling our brain that we need more and more and more of this substance to release dopamine Uh, and when we don't um, our brain craves it. And so what she mentioned in this video it's a really really powerful video uh she talks about how the half life of nicotine is about 2 hours and the half life of any drug for those who don't know means about the amount of time it takes for half of the the substance in your bloodstream to uh to dissipate and so if the half life is about 2 hours um that means you know somewhere between the 2 and 4 hour mark the nicotine is completely gone from your body so around the 2 hour mark is when your body your brain starts telling your body i need more um and that's when you start to develop cravings to have another cigarette. And so what she attempts to do with this cognitive behavioral quitting method is to not focus on the negatives or the cravings, but to replace uh, your activities, whatever you're doing when you have a craving or when you're trying to quit smoking and you feel like you need to have a smoke with something that will release dopamine in its place. So do something that you know is really good for you or really exciting um, that that will help Um, sort of retrain your brain very quickly, that you can get dopamine in other areas and you don't need smoking to do it. Um, And so for a lot of people, what happens when they quit smoking is food, right? They want a lot of sugar. Sugar releases dopamine, Um, any food does really, but uh, sugar is the quickest way to do it. Um, And then people are worried that they're gonna gain weight. So food is a great way to distract yourself with a snack or things like that, but it could be something as simple as going out and getting some sunshine, Throwing on a, a song that you really love and dance to it, um, listen to a podcast, read a book, um, go for a run, go to the gym, um, or simply just call someone that you, uh, that you know you have good conversations with that can, that can release dopamine as well. So I really encourage you to, to watch this video. Um, the video is titled, What is the CBQ Method? Break Free from Smoking by Nasia Davos. Um, you can find that on YouTube, and uh, I hope this help. I hope that helps you uh, to start your journey. Um, the other thing that I'm going to be doing as well, uh, as part of this, is getting some apps on my phone um, to help with the process. And so I just looked up from VeryWellMind.com. You've got the they've got five free iPhone apps to help you quit smoking. Um, so the number one app they have here listed is Smoke Free, and uh, it is. Uh, a lot of these apps have pay, uh, you know, paid purchases within them if you want, but the, these apps are all free just to get. Um, so the nice thing about the the uh, smoke-free app is that it gives you um, a mission to focus on for the day. So the missions help change unhealthy attitudes about smoking, manage cravings through education, and they improve your self-esteem. Uh, and it says here, for, one, for example, one mission asks you to think about when you typically smoke. Is it first thing in the morning, after meals, during breaks at work? And you're then encouraged to come up with a plan for managing those events without lighting up it's a useful exercise in thinking ahead and staying in control. So um, I put that on my phone and as it turns out, you have to pay for the sort of the missions and motivations and stuff. Basically, what the app gives you for free is just the tracker, it shows your health uh, improvements over time and it tracks the amount of time and the money that you've saved from not smoking. So it is a good app. Personally, I don't really like the color scheme of it. It's very cartoony and colorful, um, but, uh, but it is a good app. Um, and then this one, Quit It Light i 've also downloaded it is very similar as well um, to that, um, but in the the one unique thing is that um, <clears throat> it has a goals tab, and you can personalize the items you want to treat yourself to with all the money you save when you no longer buy cigarettes, so it gives you like five different things you know a, a movie ticket uh, whatever, coffee, concert, um, things like that, uh, that as time goes on and you've saved the money, it'll release these goals to you to say, hey, look, you can now buy this as a benefit to yourself because you haven't spent this money on smoking, which is kind of cool. Um, Quick guide, I did not understand, but this was, or I did not understand, I did not download, but this is um, developed by the ICF International. It's the Tobacco Control Research Branch of the National Cancer Institute. Um, and it helps you to track your cravings and journal um, and stuff like that. So that's that's another cool app as well. One that they don't list here that I put on my phone that I find very basic but very good is called, just called Quit Smoking. It's an iOS app. And the, um, the logo is, the background is like sort of a dark purple blue. And it's just a, a no smoking symbol, like a cigarette with a do not enter around it. Um, and then this is what it gives you, kind of a, snapshot of your time uh, and money invested and then it also gives you like a health um, series of health benefits that over time you will receive you know three minutes 20 minutes eight hours etc there's not a lot of them um, but it'll probably help you get through your you know your first three to five days kind of thing Um, and then it has some achievements as well so it'll send you notifications you know um, when you've when you've quit smoking when you've gone six hours without smoking etc etc Um, so that's kind of a cool app they're all very much the same Um, it just depends on what your style is and what you want to get out of it Um, but it's a good reminder especially when you're having a craving you can just pop into the app and see how long it's been what are the health health benefits since I haven't Um, another big one that I'm going to use to remind myself is that as we noted in the last episode, every increased cigarette per day that you have increases your risk of getting any type of cancer by 7%. So every time you think about having a cigarette, I'm going to sort of remind myself, do I want to add that 7% risk um, just for one cigarette right now um, of, of having some sort of cancer in the future? So I'm hoping those are some tools that can help you. I'm certainly going to use them for myself and uh, keep you, try, keep you um, posted on my progress. Um, and then <clears throat> I wanted to talk about different... Uh, Smoking cessation tools. So this is a meta-analysis that was published in 2006 on all the different types of um, uh, quit smoking aids, Um, and so they examine a couple of these um, things in here with multiple papers, and then talk about the um, the help that they provide and how long people quit smoking when they use them. So NRT here is um, nicotine replacement therapy, so that could be gum, patches, um, the pouches that like the dip pouches. Um, and they presumably work by reducing symptoms of nicotine withdrawal, thereby increasing the likelihood of smoking cessation. So they're a replacement to start, um, and then you slowly gradually withdraw those those things. So you replace the habit first, but not the nicotine craving, and then you slowly um, improve the craving over time. And then they have um, bu- <laughs> bupropion. Bu- bupropion. Um, it's a weak dop- dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. So I just looked up brand names for you. So they're actually antidepressants. Um, but a plensin, um butn, uh, well Most people know the name Welbutrin. Um so essentially what they do um, is um they inhibit the ability for dopamine and norepinephrine, norepinephrine to um be reuptake, re uptaken into the brain. So essentially by taking them, what you're doing is when you smoke, you won't get that dopamine hit as much from the cigarette. So the idea is you're going di- to dissociate the act of smoking and the nicotine intake with a dopamine release. And so in that sense, you won't get the same benefit from smoking. So over time, you should be able to stop smoking because you're not getting any benefit from it, essentially. Um, so that is the second one they looked at. And then the last one they looked at is called Varenicline. Verenicline, I think it's varenicline, uh, nicotinic acetylcholine receptor partial agonist. And so what that essentially does, um, could, um, so they quote here, partial partial agonists at this receptor could stimulate the release of sufficient dopamine to reduce craving and withdrawal while simultaneously acting as a partial agonist by blocking the binding and consequently reinforcing effects of smoking nicotine. So essentially what this is sort of the opposite effect is it releases more dopamine when you're not smoking, but also prevents the nicotine from getting into your brain. So it's another way to kind of get around um, the cravings that you'll have from um, withdrawal of nicotine over time. So those are the three different things that they, um, these three different studies they looked at and how effective they were. Um, And then, so that was the conclusion. They they were all helpful, which is good. Uh, But I wanted to go up um, to show you some of the benefits here of each of them um so when we get into so nicotine replacement therapy they had 184 abstracts they ended up including 70 studies for bupropion oh man i'm having trouble with that one bupropion uh they had 12 studies and uh in the analysis and then for varenicline they had four studies so less data um you know the further on we go in that process but um but they do have some good data here to show So. Nicotine replacement therapy of any kind—gum, patches, uh, pouches, whatever—versus um, control at twelve months. The uh, at twelve months from beginning, they had a twenty-six point five percent improvement versus placebo. So they definitely—that's a significant improvement of um, taking or not taking anything or taking a placebo to think that it's helping with quitting smoking. Um, and then at three months, it was fifty-five point five percent increase. So in the shorter term. Um, you know, there's a significant increase in probability that you will quit if you use some sort of nicotine replacement therapy. So not something I'm going to do. I'd rather just get the job done. Um, so I'm going to quit cold turkey. But uh, the, these nicotine replacement therapies are good, um, uh, seem to be a very good help for those who want to use them to quit um, in that way. And if I am unsuccessful in quitting cold turkey, then I may absolutely look at some of these things um, as an option. Now, if they look at bupropion, bu, oh, here we go again, bupropion. Um, the uh, using that medication, like a Wellbutrin, versus a control, um, being uh, at twelve months, there was a seventy-one point five percent increase in quitting, and so that means that this product tends to work even better than a nicotine replacement therapy. However, any sort of um, dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor will have other effects on you as well. Um, so it's something to consider, obviously talk to your doctor, uh, but the data shows that um, that it is effective. And, and interestingly, it's less effective. Um, it's less effective earlier on. It's only 53.6% improvement at three months. So it looks like over time it gets better. Um, whereas with nicotine replacement therapy, over time it actually gets less effective. Um, So something to consider there. And then varenicline, which would be like, sorry, I forgot to bring that up, but that would be like your Champix or Chantix um, medications that usually require a prescription. Um, And they work by preventing the uh, nicotine uh, uptake into the brain and also releasing more dopamine all the time when you're not smoking. Um, And at 12 months versus a placebo, they had a 20.5% improvement. And at three months, they had a 57.7%. Um, Improvements. so they're similar to a nicotine replacement therapy um, presumably because they're doing a very similar thing they're just reducing the nicotine um, that you're receiving from smoking over time with the helps that you dissociate the habit with the result. Um, <clears throat> uh, so those are some interesting things that you may want to look into they um, go into a lot more data here feel free to re- re- read the entire uh, meta-analysis and The meta-analysis is called Effectiveness of Smoking Cessation Therapies, a systematic review and meta-analysis. And then from there I wanted to um, show a whyquit.com website. This is a stop smoking recovery timetable that I've used in the past and I find it very very helpful. If you just go to whyquit.com, it's a benefit timetable. It shows you literally time chunk by time chunk what's happening with you. A lot of the apps for your iPhone do this but I find this particular website to be much more in depth and a lot more milestones along the way. So they talk about how at 20 minutes, your blood pressure pulse rate and the temperature of your hands and feet have returned to normal. Um, At eight hours, the remaining nicotine in your bloodstream has fallen to 6.25% of normal peak daily values a 93.75% reduction. At 12 hours, your blood oxygen levels increased to normal. Carbon monoxide levels have dropped to normal. This happens to a lot of us just while we sleep. Right? Uh, But we never get much past that if we're daily smokers. And so the 24 hour mark, your anxieties have peaked in intensity and within two weeks should return to near pre-cessation levels and at forty eight hours the damaged narrative endings have started to regrow, and your sense of smell and taste are beginning to return to normal um, and your irritability and anger have peaked at the twenty at the forty eight hour mark sorry um, and then it goes on seventy two hours five to eight days, ten days, ten days to two weeks all the way up to uh, years into quitting so a year, five years fifteen ten twenty, and it goes all the way down um, and then uh, if you at the twenty five year mark which is thinking way in the future, but uh, if you get that far that uh, if a 30-pack year ex-smoker, which is basically you know just over half a pack a day, the thickness of your brain's cortex has been fully restored to that of a never-smoker. Um, and at 20 years, if you're female, your excess risk of death from all smoking-related causes including lung disease and cancer is now reduced to that of a never-smoker. The 15-year mark, your risk of coronary heart disease is that of a never-smoker, and your pancreatic cancer risk is that of a never-smoker. So some pretty interesting facts there. Um, that I wanted to go over. And then the last thing that I wanted to cover before we stop for today is the nicotine receptors in your brain, because that really shocked me that there are billions more receptors for nicotine in the brain when you are a smoker um, over time. And uh, this has just come up from a, a health website here, but um, smoking cessation reduces the number of nicotinic receptors in the brain. And in one post-mortem study, nine smokers who'd quit for at least two months had similar nicotinic receptor levels as non-smokers. So the cravings are going to exist probably for about two months. And then once you get to the two month mark, no matter what, your your brain functions like a non-smoker at that point in terms of nicotine receptors. Um, so if you can focus on that two month goal, likely by the time you get there, you are no longer going to crave cigarettes the way you once did. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends uh, reach out to us if you have any questions. Sorry if you heard some yelling in the background in this episode because my daughter is home from school and she is very hyper tonight. We're going snowboarding Um, Canadian winter. Uh, So I apologize for that. But uh, like I said, uh, leave us some comments on YouTube if you'd like to hear certain episodes. If you have ideas for future topics, please check us out on Patreon uh, if you'd like to support the show. And until next time, if you're like me and you're living away from home, I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving, even when you are out of your element.